This is the Hockey Flow. I'm pleased to share it with Marco D'Amico and Adam Boucher. You can find all of their amazing work on the interwebs, of course. Marco D'Amico can be found at on Twitter at scrimmagestats.com and on Twitter, obviously, at the Hockey Expert. And you can find Adam Boucher at really Adam B. I'm Major Cordero. Let's get right into the show. Uh, NHL Week 3 action, the breakdown. Uh, let's start there. But before we do that, let's talk about how everyone's really mad about blackouts. Uh, so there was a great actual article that was posted uh, by, I think it was uh, Simon... Uh, Simon Oopt, I think it was, at the Globe and Mail. Anyway, so uh, it was about blackout restrictions here in Canada and how confusing, frustrating, and expensive it is. Even if you buy NHL Center Ice or have all the packages, for some reason you might still be blocked out. So I want to get your guys' thoughts before we sort of go into the show. Uh, we're experiencing some of this. Uh, some of us are not because we sell the high seven seas of piracy. We are not going to discuss who or when or how. But we will discuss the blackout restrictions. So, Adam, I'm going to throw it over to you. Um, thoughts so far as the season's breaking out. What are you, what's your take so far on the blackouts? Well, first of all, really disappo- disappointed in the fact that like, I'm willing to pay money for <laughs> to, for a subscription for, for Game Center or whatever streaming service I could get uh, the NHL games on. Um, and basically, I would get every single game except for my local team, which makes almost no sense um i honestly i actually had the um the subscription to game center um a year ago because i had it i had it for free with my rogers planner or something along those way i was going to buy it again but honestly with with the whole blackout thing i'm just gonna watch tv and it's unfortunate really because i can't watch it anywhere when i want to so marco what do you think about it at a time where they would want to increase viewership, at a time where they would want all eyes on the product, because they're essentially just competing with the NBA right now, you have categorically pushed individuals to pirate the viewings of your product, thereby losing a faith in your brand, B, uh, faith in your product, and then C, you're shooting yourself in the foot because already MSNBC has pretty much said, bye-bye sports, we're moving you to USA, and you're up for a renegotiation of your television rights in the States, quickly followed, might I add, uh, by the Rogers uh, television rights in Canada. So to me, from a business model, blackouts don't make sense. Don't make sense. This is 2021, folks. I can watch games. I can watch hockey games. In the KHL, like that. I can watch games in the Finnish Liga, like that. But I have a harder time watching out-of-regional games on cable in Canada for hockey. It makes no sense. Hockey is Canada's winter sport. The the fact that any of these are blacked out by regions is beyond ludicrous and intellectually inconsistent. So I think we all feel kind of the same way on this. It's just, why keep doing it? People pay you, what, what is it, the price now? I haven't paid for center ice in my life, but what is it, 100, 120 bucks for 56 games? Yeah, there, there's, um, there's an old Roman and now Italian expression that states, uh, you cannot possibly convince someone to accept less with more. And so you're charging more, giving less, and adding further restrictions. To me, that's a recipe for disaster. Um, I think that Canadian fans, like Canadian as as in Canada, fans 
uh, have been taken advantage of with those limited blackouts uh, for far too long, in my opinion. Um, and again, that it'd be Bell, Rogers, you name it. Uh, it comes out to the same thing with most providers. In fact, the only NHL uh, diffusion provider uh, in Canada that doesn't blackout games, it's because they're regionals, Videotron. So I would never give props to Videotron in my life, but here I am. Good job, Videotron. <laughs> Uh, war makes friends and out of enemies, enemies out of friends, so does it not? And unfortunately, this is the piracy wars that are existing. Uh, I think there's an interesting uh, thing note that was made in the article, uh, an allusion sort of to uh, British football. And they sort of talked about how, for example, in the, the reason why uh, ownership didn't want this in the first place for hockey was because they were terrified that ticket sales would be eaten through with television rights. And that is actually the same logic that was applied in the UK prior to the pandemic. 3 p.m. kickoffs in the UK were just not allowed, so that way lower-level teams could be still supported with the same fervency that the major teams would have on TV. As it turned out with the pandemic, nobody can go to any games. So this this entire argument is pointless. So if we can't go into the stadium anyway, why are these restrictions still applied? And as we saw in the UK, they got rid of them for a, a much bigger wider spread sport. Unfortunately, hockey, we'd love to see that same uh, prevalence in sports um, pages everywhere around the world, but it's not yet happened as yet. And I think this is one of those things where it just, it's such poor sight on, by the NHL, uh, such poor sight by the rest of the, uh, by the management of these rights. It's, I, I really hope they'll, they'll evolve, but seeing as we do things in Canada, 10 steps forward, 20 steps back, I'll see you in 2030 when they actually fix this. In any case, let's move along completely to something uh, different and another injustice, in the, or lack of justice in this case, on the suspensions. Uh, we got to talk about Fiala and, of course, that hit by Dubé. Uh, Marco, take this wherever you want to well, go. Start I, off. I mean, you can even look at the the Myers hit in Vancouver. I just, like, and, 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 and I do want to point this out because there seems to be sometimes a very partisan kind of reaction to certain situations like this. Like, I remember Vancouver Canucks fans were ready to go to war uh, to defend Tyler Myers. Um, and there's a few things that are, I guess, troubling to me. It's not necessarily the the rules and the way they follow the rules. Um, it's how consistently they follow the rules. And if there's a lack of consistency, in my opinion, from player safety, and then one, you know, Kakaniemi boarding someone in the playoffs was a five-minute major because there was blood, yet Kakaniemi got a full elbow to the face with blood and not only no call, no discipline. So when we go and look at the way that they're interpreting the plays, they're interpreting the plays, in my opinion, like my father. They're interpreting plays so lackadaisically, so laissez-faire, that it's almost like they just... they. There's no recollection that the NHL had a lawsuit for concussions. And I feel like that intensity, that 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 wherewithal from player safety is what's lacking right now. At the end of the day, when you look at a hit like that, and I'm sorry, Dad, if you hear this, but when you look at a play like that, it's not, oh, well, he should have better protected himself like a lot of people do. It's you saw that he was vulnerable and continued with the hit. I don't care that your elbow was the first point of contact and it grabbed his chest and then your shoulder hit his head after that. It's th That's the point. He was vulnerable and you did it anyway. Now, George Paros and the rest of player safety is eating a bunch, a, a bunch of, um, I can't swear on this podcast, a bunch of manure right now um, 
because of this. And 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 personally speaking, I find it incredibly inconsistent. And you look at Fiala, Fiala, you know, he he got what was coming to him, and and and, and that, that was deserved. That was deserved. Like, and yet, yeah. a very similar kind of situation, nothing. So I understand but, boarding. I understand this need for scary open ice hits to be limited, but at the same time, you got to be consistent. This is a league that consistently disciplines people based on consequence, not methodology. And that's the issue. And even you mentioned Kotkin Yemi like um, getting ejected in, in the playoffs. He got he got ejected for spe- uh, talking back to the ref, if I'm not mistaken. Like not two minute even, penalty. Or, two minute sorry, penalty. yeah, he got a two minute like not even four games ago. Yep. And that's that's worth a two minute penalty. You see um Kotkin Niemi just getting it's a like from my point of view it was a headshot. There's no like no other words to, to, to call it. And then nothing. Not even a penalty. He even left for concussion protocol. Nothing. Nothing on the ice and no further discipline. So that's that's very as you said, inconsistency and I mean I don't know what to say more like They just have to make sure, like, and then you get Fiala who gets three games for boarding. I think uh, he boarded Matt Roy, who ended up being injured. Maybe that's one of the 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 issues they 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 countered by saying, but but that's the point. Why are we disciplining based on like the injuries. consequences? Yeah, it doesn't make you, sense. You have to you have to kill that kind of behavior at the root. You do not. You you are never going to be able to eradicate a behavior, and we know this from 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 actual surveillance theory. You cannot eradicate a behavior unless you attack it at the root. The root is the thought process, the methodology that goes within the player's mind when he goes to make that kind of hit. And we've seen you this. In, to, th- that's the thing. You have to punish the behavior, not the result. And that's the process. That's the process to me. The fact that a player is out, like, look at Armia. Armia is out with a concussion. It's been, it's going to be a week uh, on Thursday. Yeah. Um, Myers is still playing. Now, granted, I will say this, uh, or two weeks, sorry. I will say this, though. Having Tyler Myers in the Vancouver Canucks lineup is probably more of a detriment to the Canucks than it is the rest of the league. So there's, you know, pros and cons. But I will state that he, like, I, I get that he's six seven and Armia is six three. It's not like two short guys, but at the same time, it's what he was doing. He was charging full speed at Armia while Armia had his head down. Now, granted, Armia got his head up and and then the shoulder got him, but like if Armia's head didn't get up, he still would have gotten the corner of his head with his shoulder. So if you look at how the play went about, that's what's problematic. Like I have, I have less, and I'm more scared. I'll tell you this, and this is why boarding, in my opinion, gets a special treatment, as opposed to just kind of an open ice hit. Boarding is a direct, immovable object being thrust against by a head being thrust by another player. There is far more uh, risk in terms of vertebrae damage, and we've seen it with Patrice Bergeron. We saw it with Max Pacioretty into a stanchion. There is far more long-term risk in a boarding. Uh, risk than it is in an open ice hit. And really, an open ice hit has to be a blindside kind of hit to really concuss somebody. So 
Adam, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you. Like we, we've all played pond hockey, a blindside hit and, and and someone getting hit into the boards. Either way, you don't see it coming. You cannot brace. The damage is done. The vulnerability is there. And I feel like like they've modified the way that you can deal with quarterbacks and in, in football. I feel like hits need to be consistently and strictly called because we saw so much less abuse on quarterbacks this season because of it. That's a great cross sport uh, analysis, to be honest. Sorry, Adam. No, just to just to piggyback what Marco said on the on like concerning the Myers hit and the the height difference. Like you have Dylan Dubé hitting Kotkaniemi in the head. He's five eleven. Kotkaniemi's six two. Not only is it a blindside hit because Kotkaniemi turned at the last second, but you ha- you also have the the element of elevation that that's into into factor because he's not hitting the head if he's not elevating to his head, right? Because you saw Kotkaniemi in the play he was not like looking down. He was his, his head was was straight up, but he was looking the wrong direction. There's also that element, but uh, I don't know. I, Let's just bring it back to you have to punish the behavior, not just the results. And speaking of results, let's actually move over to the divisional talk right now. So we have four divisions. Let's break them down. Marco, uh, what are you thinking? What are you picking? Well, do you want to start with the Canadian division? I feel like that would be fair. Let's start with the Canadian division. Uh, so let's- Well, here's my here's my story. Um, holy moly, the Ottawa Senators. Um, first game, beat the Leafs. Yeah, the best team in the division. Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, you know, and ultimately, and and exactly, and no wins since. It's just wow, one seven and one. Like they that win percentage of uh, one sixty seven would be if they would if the season were to end now. Now, obviously, of course, it would be silly for a season to end after nine games. But here we are. Uh, it would be the worst win percentage in the history of the NHL. So, and that's worse than the Washington Capitals of the I believe the late seventies. So, like, had to you, Ottawa. Um, looks like another high pick for them this season if the, if things keep up. But um, I I would just like to also point out the the overall competition amongst the rest of the teams. I feel like you know Calgary is uh, a five sixty two, Edmonton's a five fifty five, uh, four fifty five, Winnipeg is a six eleven, Vancouver's five hundred, Montreal and Toronto are above seven hundred percent. So like. I, I feel like this is a very competitive division. I don't feel like there are easy teams like some Toronto sports media would like to make you believe, even though they lost to the easiest team. But it, it is worth pointing out that on any given night, a Winnipeg, a Calgary, a Vancouver, a Toronto, or a Montreal can beat you. It depends on how bad you want it. So I really, really like this division because it, it, it just constant flow of goals, constant just great hockey. And I'm not saying this is a Montreal fan uh, right now. I'm saying this is a hockey fan. I felt like the quality of hockey, uh, the chippiness involved. I just feel like it's a it's a different kind of hockey than than we're used to, or Leaf fans are used to, or Ottawa. Well, maybe, maybe not Sense fans. They're still losing, but at least Toronto and Montreal fans are not used to seeing that kind of chippy uh, Western style of hockey being played on a consistent basis. So for me, it's a breath of fresh air. I don't know about you, Adam. I feel like goals hits and all kinds of goalie conundrums that's the best way to describe it yeah you see everything like you just mentioned montreal like they they almost never play calgary they almost never play vancouver in a season and now 
basically they have the two biggest rivalries in that North division is with those two teams. So that's pretty fun. It's it's five games in three weeks versus the Canucks will do that to you. Yeah, that's that. I, I like again, it's it's going to be even more fun because the Canadians, for example, the Canadians have mostly just played East Western Conference team. They've played one Eastern Conference team, traditional Eastern Conference team since the start of the season and it was their first game. Since then, Canucks, 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 Edmonton, Canucks, 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 Flames, Flames. Calgary, you know, like, yeah. It's just, it's awesome. So uh, to me, it's 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 good. Dev, dev, overall, I feel like it's going to be a roller coaster season right to the end. Um, but this is that kind of volatility that makes this season A, unique and that much more entertaining. Um, Adam, I'm going to leave you the next division. Which one do you want to hop on to? Yeah, I want to hop on the discover central where well to my surprise florida's leading with one game in hand uh over tampa bay and four games in hand over columbus which are they're actually all tied uh at 11 points but they have florida leading uh because of games played so that's very interesting uh yeah i i I like florida i mean I think we've spoken about this at length. My opinion on Florida is very yeah. much uh, in the when are you guys going to finally put it together mode. And I feel like they've gotten enough forward depth. Uh, they've done enough with their roster that they should be competitive. Um, you know, Bobrovsky is also kind of doing his thing and, and being present for that team. Um, you know, just kind of looking at offensively speaking, I feel like they've done a significant amount of good uh I'm, I'm gonna butcher this name uh but carter Valle, uh seven points in six games for them really just coming out of total anonymity uh it could be a lot of hoo-ha but six assists in six games for anthony declare um he's always been a strong starter i look forward to seeing him continue this over 56 games um but if you if you really look at this roster uh you know it, it's Far better overall than I would have thought uh, would they would be. Uh, Bobrovsky hasn't really been crazy for them either. You know, it's it's pretty straightforward. Um, but and what can Drieger you say about Drieger? Wins, so. And what can you say yeah, about Drieger? That's... And that's where I was going to get. It's not Bobrovsky at 10 million that's pushing this team. It's Drieger. And that's pretty impressive to me. I feel like ultimately you need your goalies to come up. And this is this is also a franchise, might I add. Uh, that has Spencer Knight in the pipeline and uh, Devin Levi. So, like, <laughs> they're set net, and they still have a $10 million anchor. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like anchor, this team... that's a good word. I feel like this team can do a lot. Um, one guy that I was... I'd like to see get on the score sheet for them, though, is Owen Tippett. Um, he's kind of a favorite of mine. I really liked his year in the AHL last year, but uh, no points so far. Uh, you're not alone, buddy. It took Lafreniere eight eight games to get a point, so you'll be okay. Um, we're seven, seven games. Apologies, Rangers fans. Um, but I feel like Florida is really, again, you pointed it out and I really like that point. There's, they're the surprise pretty much for everybody. Uh, the only thing I will say though, is they haven't played Tampa Bay or Dallas that much yet. Yeah. So as much like, look, I just finished arguing that it's weak to say that Montreal is not a good team in their division because they haven't played the worst team yet. But I will say that that division, as we discussed at the beginning of this 
the, the this the season on this podcast is you know pretty much what we thought chicago nashville and detroit are in the bottom part and they've played the most amount of games and that's probably going to be where they're going to be at the end of the season so i'm happy florida got to a hot start like you know no no losses in regulation yet i'm very down for them um considering that they i'm pretty didn't they have a covid situation as well it did yeah they, so they, no they no sorry they did not they started against dallas ah there you go a lot of the games were canceled because yeah. there were other teams that had covid situations that's what it yeah. was thank you guys and so i think they they got carolina afterwards so that's like a double yeah, yeah exactly they're yeah. well i mean three of their teams right it was tampa it was uh yeah tampa carolina and dallas all had situations of covid so i totally get it um you want to move on to the uh, Mass Mutual East by any chance? I always find this Where division... Where the Flyers are leading. I find That's... this division absolutely entertaining um, because yeah. they've actually all played pretty much the same amount of games, give or take a game, right? And the worst record in this division is a .44, and it's the Islanders and Rangers. Now, I assumed the Rangers were going to be the worst team in the division. It's I'm sorry, Rangers fans. It's just, you're not there yet. You're gonna get there, you're just not there yet. But the Islanders, holy moly, what are you doing? And it, it's it's just, in my opinion, it's subpar play. Unfortunately, Adam can attest to it, his pool can attest to it, but uh, Ilya Sorokin, yeah. maybe not as impressive as a, as a Chesterkin coming right over from the KHL. Maybe going to take a little bit of time but again when it comes to these rookies uh especially goaltenders i will always throw an olive branch their way because they had no training camp or correction they had no preseason, and that's pretty difficult and for a guy coming over from the khl getting used to nhl hockey tighter ice having to cover your angles a little bit more aggressively i i can i can attest to that i can sympathize with that so i'm chill with sorokin i know you're probably not chill with sorokin right now adam so I actually dropped Sorokin. And oh, I'll no! pick him up later. I'll pick him up later. Okay, okay, okay. But look, when your team, um, when your team doesn't score for you in seven plus periods or right around that amount, like not just the goalie's problem, right? Like they didn't score in two games. They finally ended up scoring uh, after eight periods or seven periods or so. So yeah, um, I'll pick him up. I'll pick him back up uh, soon enough, I'm sure. I um, mean, there was one goalie that I'd like to to shed a little light in the on. the same division? Same division. Um, does he play for Washington? Yes, yes, he does. I'm, I'm very you happy go. you pointed him out, but he didn't have, a, <laughs> didn't have a recently good game, but totally had a good game overall. He's a definitely a GG in my mind because here is a career minor leaguer uh, in Vitek Vanishek that... Is in eight games putting up five wins, one loss, and a 913 save uh, percentage with a uh, 2.94 goals against uh, at a time where goals are at an all time high. Like, I'm just well done, good sir. I, when I saw that, like, first of all, Henrik Lundqvist out for the season. I'm, I'm, I'm very glad that his surgery went well. Uh, and then you have, uh, you know, uh, Samsonov that's part of that quartet of individuals where you have Ovechkin, Samsonov, Orlov, uh, and Kuznetsov that are out with, with COVID. 
Yeah. And they're they hear you thrust Vanishek and in and, and you're just kind of like, well, that's it for 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 Washington, right? No, he actually puts up half decent numbers and it's a 913, although he was below 900 the last game he played. So it was even higher uh, before last game, the game that ultimately uh, didn't see him do too hot. Uh, but at, at the same time, when you play for Washington, uh, it's hot and cold as well. They lost to the Bruins. The Bruins are not a pushover team. They got David Pasternak back. So And he scored. And he's, he scored twice. Yeah. Um, so yeah. to me... I, I'm powered to him. Uh, I think that he definitely deserved rookie of the month. I think that this division, as we talked about at the beginning, is probably going to be the the most hotly contested division because uh, there is seven points uh, and 300% replacing Philadelphia, who is in first with a 7-2-1 record, with the New York Rangers and the Islanders who are a 3-4-2 record. So very open still. Um one division that is pretty divided, I would say, but <laughs> the the overall competition at the top is fierce, would be the Honda West division, uh, because you have St. Louis and Colorado with 13 points, the Minnesota Wild, folks, with 12, with 12 points, and the Vegas Golden Knights with 11 points, although in seven games. So expect Vegas uh, to probably take its rightful place at the top of this division um and then you're followed by the los angeles kings who have played only eight games not 10 like the colorado avalanche and the minnesota wild uh with eight points so they're sitting at 500 but then you have the ducks the, the coyotes and the sharks who are all well below 500 400 438 and 375 respectively so to me what's been uh i would say overall surprising is the minnesota wild adam uh we've been talking about kaprizov for a while uh he's been a fundamental part of this team but he is not the player i would like to focus on the player i would like to focus on that nobody seems to be talking about there's two in fact is yoel erickson Eck and john greenway they've yep. just come out of the gate in, and put up near point per game and in, in yoel erickson Eck point per game performance because they're simply just controlling the pace in that division. I feel like the puck seems to find them, uh, and it's finding them well. And I, I feel like they've they've found new new confidence in their ability, and they're they're far more effective at getting pucks. They're far more effective of in terms of getting pucks through traffic. And I feel like that's especially Yol Eriksson Ek, who has been seen mostly as a you know proudly good defensive player, really express himself offensively and. You know, if you go and look at the past games, like I was watching Yolarik Sinek the last weekend, and wow, a lot of people have picked him up in their pool, which is good because I feel like he's being given all the rope right now considering the lack of center depth with the Wild to, to, to express himself. So honestly, you know, I've been talking to you about Kaprizov for at least two years now. I feel like Yolarik Sinek deserves a, a nice hand clap. And yeah, you just said it perfectly. There's so, there's two big players just controlling play. You, you have Eriksson Ek at six three, and you have Greenway at six six two forty one, which is that he's just huge. Um, so yeah, very impressed. And there's also even in nets, you have Capo Kakinen who ah, uh, and it, I really like, like Kakinen in the AHL though. 
I, I, I had a feeling. A lot of people were like, I'm not sure you can go with a Talbot Kakinen tandem. Watch. I mean, I look, like you this. got three wins. I like this, season, Adam. So, yeah. He's uh, also a good player to watch. Uh, let's talk about uh, the final pieces of our show uh, before we tag out. So first of all, uh, we have Marco Rossi out for the season with COVID complications. Our our thoughts are with him and his family at the moment because uh, that sucks. Uh, many more postponements in the NHL. Golden Knights also uh, getting more games susp- uh, postponed, more uh, games suspended uh, for as well for the uh, Devils and the Islanders and the Sabres. That also is not happening. I this, this situation just seems to be getting worse. So... They definitely don't have what they what we had beforehand. Like, do you guys see like that's a question for you, Marco and AJ. Like, do you guys see just if there's too many postponements, do you just see the league taking like a week off or something, just a like a reboot type of thing in the middle of the season if it gets like no. out of hand? Nope. No. And I, I look I and yeah. it's not because I wouldn't agree with it. It's because other leagues have survived. Money. Money. Talks, Sorry, what's yeah. that, AJ? Money! Money! Now you sound like my mom. It's funny. Money, 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 money. Oh, no, don't dumb. get sued! Yeah, exactly. I was about to say, don't get sued, AJ. <laughs> um, I wouldn't see it. Personally, I feel like it's it's probably not something that could happen. Mainly because, like AJ said, money-wise, it just wouldn't make sense. But also, you have to think about logistic issues with that. Like, where are you going to put those games? And there's already teams that have had to have games shuffled around. They have a hard date to finish the season. They have given the playoffs the usual time frame that the playoffs require. So it's the regular season that's continuing to be condensed. You cannot continue. It's already a 56-game season in 116 days. You cannot possibly squeeze this to the point of missing an entire week. I feel like... They're already going there's, to miss an no entire way. week. You can't afford to have the rest of the teams miss entire weeks. What I will say is they may have to sacrifice, and this is something they would have to amend with the players, but they may have to sacrifice a week in the playoffs to accommodate those last-minute games that might need to be played in the last month. My opinion. But... They'll NHL will do the NHL. All we know is it has to be done by July because the Olympics start. I hope the Olympics don't start and that would allow the NHL to then take its time. But the IOC. And uh, Tokyo has been very clear. They're going forward with the games regardless. So uh, good luck to everyone in that situation because it's hard. sell. Uh, seriously, <laughs> we have nothing else. I, I will. Rec- I will correct that point. In that city. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, speaking of people not having fun, let's talk about Tony D'Angelo for half a second, just because that's all we time we really want to give to this person. Um, this person is a despicable human being who happens to play hockey at a decent enough NHL level. Um, but even teams that are having that would tolerate or I guess deal with this kind of behavioral issues. I'm being very vague. You go Google them. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, why are you listening to the show? <laughs> Come on. You, should, you know you know what's up. This is You're listening to the show because you know hockey. And if you don't, this is a quick story to go and Google. I'm not going to give you the salacious details of what this guy's done. Um, mostly because I just don't want to give any airtime to any of the stupid theories and technical term that he believes. So let's just uh, go from there. Uh, so in any case, uh, my thoughts are and prayers are definitely not with him. Sucks. Anything else you want to add, guys? I would like a receipt for the amount of murder you just did. 
Well, uh, I'm going to leave one last thing, um, just a, a happy note. Uh, Guy Lafleur, and uh, obviously we've heard about his cancer diagnosis. We're all worried and concerned and hope he's doing okay. And we got some news from Dave Stubbs earlier this week. Uh, he is doing a little bit better. He's doing well. And touch wood, uh, he actually said an old Sherwood 5030. Uh, he said uh, that it's going to, con hoping it continues smoothly. So we're, we're hoping we're rooting for you, Guy. Uh, that's it for the hockey flow. I want to thank really Adam B, who you can find on Twitter. And of course, at the hockey expert, who you can also find at scrimmagestats.com. Mark and Amico and Adam Boucher. Uh, of course, I'm AJ Cordero, and we'll catch you guys next week. 